Good morning, church. Oh, come on. Good morning, church. <laughs> there we go. Good to have you here. This is going to be a, an amazing Sabbath. We, first of all, are going to have some baptisms. How cool is that? That's going to be exciting. Yes. Yeah, don't, don't, don't be shy. Um, and I'm really excited about that. Pastor Fred getting ready with the ladies in the back to make that happen. Uh, also, we have a mosaic this afternoon. I just want you to know that. 4.30, it's going to be indoors, air conditioning, no smoke, right inside in the community hall there at 4.30 this afternoon. Uh, I'll be uh, sharing some thoughts on making the fact that every second counts, the immeasurable moment. So we got that happening. Also, uh, this morning, we are blessed to have with us Elder Rodney Mills. Would you please stand up for us, Elder Mills? He is the secretary of the conference. Let's give him a big round of applause for, for joining us. He's actually... He's actually acting president because in a moment of weakness, uh, the Labrador accepted a call to the NAD, and we won't get into that. But anyway, uh, uh, Elder Mills and I spoke, I think it was back in February or March, and uh, we put down this date as a day that he, was, that he would come and speak. And even though he, he has been double busy now because of all that he has to do, he wanted to keep the appointment. So I really appreciate that, Elder Mills. Really appreciate you being here. I'm excited about that. Hey, listen, let's, um, I don't think there's any other announcements, but uh, it's just going to be a wonderful, we have children's story today. I mean, it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Sabbath. I'm excited. Let's take about 30 seconds to say hello to each other. You could, you could, you know, fist bump or this or, you know, wave, but come on, get up and, and say hello to people. And, Right. Thank you so much. At this time, I'm going to give uh, the part of the service to Hurricane Fred. I mean, Pastor Fred. <laughs> and uh, feel free, if you are family, to stand or, or, or to get closer and take pictures. We want you to ex experience this and enjoy this. God bless you all. Good morning, church family. Good morning. Okay, there we go. I want you to meet this wonderful woman here, Kathy Brown. I tell you, I've only got to know you but the last few years. We had the COVID, so we've yeah. kind of been out of it for a while. But even then, when we got back into play, you were here pretty much every night for the Steps to Christ yes. studies. You came to help us as far as Phil and the, the pews for us to look at when we preached and we had to record. So you were faithful to be there. But this woman, at right now in her life, she's making a commitment to God again. Amen. And I think that's important, you know? 
I work with small kids and young kids, and they get baptized. But for this woman to go through life and experience the things that she has, she's a cancer survivor. Cancer hit her in 2011, correct? You know, we all have our bumps and bruises. But when we come to the point of realization, God is always there. He never abandons us, and he's with us. And I believe that the time I have spent with Kathy in our studies, she believed that wholeheartedly. She's a woman who wants to be of service to this church, to our community. She gives of herself. And I just see great things happening for her today. I know she's excited because I know that her son and his wife are here. And it's always good to see family, isn't it? Yes. It is. She talks about you a lot, Travis, just to let you know. And she's proud of you. So, are you ready, gal? Yes. I know they have been sitting on the edge of their seats for this to take place. So, let's get situated. Kathy wants the world and the community and all of you to know of her love for you, Father. She's made this choice to rededicate her life. And as a minister of the gospel, it gives me great joy to baptize her. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thanks to the deacons who did the water this time. It was a little chilly last time because we had some drainage problems. But it's nice and warm. It's inviting. <laughs> it's never too late. We have robes in the back that we'd be more happy to help you with. Here's another ball of energy. This is, oh yeah, Dan can speak for that, right? Mm -hmm. This is Cynthia Reynolds. She is quite a young lady. She wants to be involved. Her story, and the thing is, you have a story. Kathy has a story. We all have a story of how God has worked with us. And sometimes we take different paths on this journey. And we go through the bumps and the grinds. And she, too, wants to make a recommitment of her life to her Father and Savior. It's been a joy to get to know her and Dan. They're going to be two years married this coming December. That's pretty exciting. We did it here on one of the most stormiest winter's days here back in December. But that didn't deter them at all to get married. And I know that she has a passion for the Lord. She has a desire to be of service to help people. 
So I'm going to let her hear from her, let you hear from her as far as, um, well, what the Lord's been doing with you. Good morning. Happy Sabbath, everyone. This is my journey started when I was a baby <clears throat> to Garner Graham and Maurice Easley. And um, it started at birth when I almost died. I was one hour without breathing. Pastor Underseer, I mean, Dr. Underseer, who was an Adventist doctor, prayed for me. And this journey has got me so close to walk with the Lord. He has many miracles I've seen, many dreams and desires that um, I knew that it was the Lord that took and brought me and my children to this point where I am renewing my walk with the Lord to become a service to him. For I had a desire to become a chaplain. I have done that kind of work in the nursing home with people praying for them, with their loved ones who were dying. And I did that kind of work and I want to fulfill that work to be able to share Jesus with those that have loved ones with illness and sickness. And I want to walk the way Jesus walked. And I believe that you will, young lady. It's going to be a delight to work with these ladies here in this church because I know that we need all the service that we can get to reach our community and each one of us here. But as I said before, heaven's rejoicing. They know your journey better than we do. So with that, Okay, folks, the condition of this world that we live in right now, we don't know what tomorrow holds. Agreed? If you feel the Holy Spirit impressing upon you to make a decision, if you feel to hear the voice of God asking you to please come, to connect with him, do not hesitate. Do not hesitate. We don't know what tomorrow holds. Come to me, come to Pastor Sergio, Pastor Larissa. We would love to journey with you, to help you, to be with you. God is calling his children to come together, to be with him. For I believe wholeheartedly he is coming soon. This old world just can't take it no more. Something's going to happen. So please don't hesitate to respond to the nudging of the Holy Spirit that he gives to you in your life. All right, kids, I'm going to invite all of the kids. I got this handy bag with something in it I brought to share. 
So I'm going to have all the kids come up and find a seat right up here on the steps, and I have a story for you this morning. And just so you guys know, while you're coming up, what does this bag say? Mom, Mom this is going to be my special bag. When you see me walking around with the mom bag, you know in the mom bag is something I've brought to share with the kids at church. All right? So when you see mom bag, you know you're going to get something, a surprise. All right, so what we're going to do to start off today, I'm going to put this down for a minute, is we're going to pretend we're going for a walk, and we are in the forest. There's trees everywhere on either side of us, and we have a nice trail, and we're walking along, we're following the trail, and uh-oh, we, all of a sudden, the trail stops because there's a stream of water. And the water is going fast. And we can see on the other side of the water, the trail keeps going. But we look at the water and maybe put our foot in and the rocks inside the water, they're really, really slippery. If we tried to walk across there, we would probably fall and maybe hurt ourselves because the water is going so fast and the rocks are so slippery. Does anybody have an idea? How are we going to get to the other side so we can keep walking down the trail? Ariane, what do you think? She nailed it, nailed it along. In fact, I have a picture. In fact, if the mommies and daddies wanted to see it, they should have come up. But I'll just show you. A long log would have made it much, much easier to get to the other side of the stream. And you know what? The thing is about this log, a log starts clear at one side, right? And it goes clear to the other side. How many of you went across a bridge to get to church today? Anybody out there go across a bridge to get to church today? I went across a bridge to get to church today. You did? Yep. Good job, guys. A bridge connects one side to the other. This log connects one side of the stream to the other side. And you know what? How many of you want to get to heaven? Oh, I am so excited for heaven. And you know what the thing is? This log is kind of like Jesus. It connects us to heaven. Because in the Bible it says, I am the way. Jesus is the way. And so if on one end, on the side that we're on, if we stay connected to Jesus... We're going to be able to walk right across that log. And Jesus is going to be the connection that gets us to heaven. That's really cool, isn't it? 
So I wanted you guys to not forget that. And so in my mom bag, I have a bag for each one of you. And in this bag is a little, oh, maybe I should open it, is a wooden bridge. Because isn't a bridge kind of like a log? It connects one side to the other. So there's a little wooden bridge, and then there's two markers. And you can take this bag back to your seat, and you can color that bridge. And then when you get home, you can put it someplace that it will remind you that Jesus that we need to stay connected to Jesus all the time. And that's what that bridge can remind you. All right? So, boys and girls, thank you so much for being so good. And on your way back to your seat, come and I'll give you a bag. All right? Okay, as the children are wandering back to their seats, it's time for prayer. So assume a comfortable position and let's uh, go before our awesome God. Good morning, Father. We love you so much. Thank you so much for a day that we can break away from this world, rest, relax, and commune with you. Father, there's so many things that we can praise and thank you for. I praise you for your creation, and even under a cloud of smoke, we can just see your awesome imagination and all the birds and the flowers, and there's so much. Father, there are people within our church family, our congregation, that have needs, people that we love dearly. Um, and we know that you are able with just a thought to turn things around. Um, I think of Darren Stout and Lonnie and the children, um, John Smith and um, Kay's husband, and also Scott Harder and Gordon Myers are all right now experiencing physical difficulty. Um, Father, help us to to always remember that your thoughts are not our thoughts, your ways are not our ways, and kind of constantly remind us that everything's okay because our lives are in your hands. Father, I would ask in the week to come, in the days to come, you be with each and every one of us. Um, nudge us. Help us to maybe focus on um, the hope that we all have. Um, it's um, hard to imagine what you have put together for us um, in the end times, in the new earth, in the new heaven. But help us to spend some time imagining the unimaginable. We love you with all of our hearts. Please be with each one of us. 
Um, and just remind us that you're with us every step of the way. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you didn't have enough to worship and praise over now, got a few more with some baptisms and watching the kids, that sort of thing. Stand with us as we sing, as we worship. And this first song talks about remembering. I take the bread of life Broken for all my sin your body crucified to make me whole again. I will recall the cup poured out in sacrifice to trade the sinner's end for your new covenant. Hallelujah, I'll live my life in remembrance. Hallelujah, your promise I won't forget. I'll walk salvation's road with fear and trembling your way born as my own as Christ is formed in me hallelujah I'll live my life in
Thank you for that praise music, for the children's story, connecting us from one side to the other, for the baptisms, a visible public expression of our connection with God. It's good to be here. It's good to be worshiping together with you. Bring you greetings from the conference office. You are the conference. I just bring you from the building. <laughs> if buildings could talk. God is doing mighty things across our conference. God is moving in the hearts and the minds of people. This is his conference. I would encourage you to pray for the search process for a new president. Elder Labrador, well, he felt as though the opportunity was God sent because he was concerned and wanting to take care and be with his father who is ailing. And this, God just worked everything out. But God knows who he wants to lead his people. So we need to just pray. And each of us need to be willing to be led however God chooses to lead us in our little sphere of influence. Because this is his work anyway, isn't it? Amen. I'm going to move this a little closer so that I can be around, walk around. As we begin, I invite you to bow your heads with me one more time as we pray. Father, you know my heart. You know the words that are written down. But Father, right now I ask that you will fill this sanctuary with your presence and with your spirit. That regardless of the words that are spoken, the words that are heard will be yours. And that they will speak to our innermost souls. We lay ourselves before your feet. We ask that you break through the clutter and the clatter, the smoke of our week, so that we can clearly see your face. In Jesus' name, amen. Whether you have been a child, whether you are a child or you are older than a child. You can recall some story, some illustration, something that is burned in your mind. It might be the three little pigs. Hopefully something more spiritual than that. No doubt you can recall in your mind a sermon illustration, something that was said, something that was done, maybe something that you saw that 
you have long since forgot the real message of the sermon, three points of the sermon. You remember that illustration. Maybe it was simple. Maybe it was profound. But whatever it was, it has seared its way into your mind, and you can remember it. You are thinking of that illustration right now. I have no clue what that illustration is. Jesus was the master illustrator. I mean, he could pull illustrations out of a hat. A sower went forth to sow. A fisherman was gathering in his nets. A man was plowing his field and found a great pearl. Ten virgins went forth to meet the bridegroom and fell asleep. Story after story, Jesus not only had a wealth of stories that he could share, but he had a way of sharing them that would captivate the children. They didn't have to have children's church. I mean, the children would be gathering all around him so much so that the disciples were trying to shoo him away at times. Jesus had a way of saying stories. My father can tell stories, and he's 91 now. Growing up, we kids had little games as dad would start to tell stories, whether we could finish the story before he did. He had the same story. Well, I tell you a story about when I was a kid, what we did to the teacher. Yes, Dad, we won't go into what that story was. You don't like raisins? Well, let me tell you about raisins. Jesus told stories. For three and a half years, the disciples have been listening to stories, but they haven't been hearing the message. For three and a half years, they've been listening to the stories and saying, oh, what do you mean by that? Oh, can you explain that parable? For three and a half years, the disciples were listening but not getting until even that Thursday night, as they were walking on the way to partake in the Lord's Supper, we are told they were arguing behind Jesus, who's the greatest? He had taken a child and set him in the midst and said, unless you become like little children, you will not enter the kingdom. It is not your, the Lord, but the servant. You think your preaching pastor sometimes goes over people's head and they don't get it? Jesus is preaching for three and a half years. God! And they still didn't get it. 
He's, he's washed the disciples' feet. If I, your Lord and Master, wash your feet, you ought also to wash one another's feet. Still haven't gotten it. The last illustration. The last illustration that Jesus gives to the disciples was after he had washed their feet. After the Lord's Supper, as he is walking toward Gethsemane. Picture the scene in your mind, if you will. It's night. Moon is the only thing illuminating the streets. Didn't have electricity back then. Walking there through the night, walking through the streets of Jerusalem as they're going down the Kidron Valley up to the other side. And there we find it in John chapter 15. Take your Bibles and open it, if you will. John chapter 15, beginning with verse 1. We, we find the story right there. I am the true vine, my father is the vine dresser. They've come to this place in the road and there's this vine growing up over, maybe it's over the wall, maybe it's on this side of the wall, but he, he brings the disciples around together. John is there, all 11 of them, Judas is out doing his thing, but all the 11 disciples are there and Jesus begins, I am the vine, ye are the branches. No, every branch in me, verse 2, that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more, more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now, we've read that before. As soon as I went to John 15, some of you knew, that's what he's doing. But I like us to look at this. Because what is Jesus really saying? Maybe we've memorized the passage, but is it possible that we have fallen into the same trap that the disciples had? We hear the story, but don't get it. This is the last illustration. His final attempt. John writes it down. Without me, you can do nothing. Not little things. You need me for the big things. Without me, you can do nothing. One of the disciples that was right there 
one of the disciples that heard Jesus say this was Peter. You know, often we're a lot like Peter. Our mouth moves before our brain gets in gear. Maybe you're, maybe you're not like Peter. I don't, I don't know. I've known people like Peter. That's a better way of putting it. That's safe, yeah. That's safe. Peter was always having something to say. Peter was always sticking up for the master. Don't you hurt him. Don't you say anything negative against him. Peter was surely one that was going to give you a piece of his mind. Okay? Does your master pay taxes? Oh, sure he does. Ah, Peter, Peter, Peter. Go out fishing. When you catch a fish, take the money out of the fish and pay your taxes and mine as well. Don't you wish we could pay the IRS that guy? Peter. Matthew chapter 16, we find a story about Peter. We'll circle back and this will all make sense, but let's turn to Matthew chapter 16. Jesus is talking with the disciples. They're in Caesarea Philippi. And Jesus has been asking the disciples a question about who do people say that I am? You know, we've been at this ministry for a year and a half or so. What are people saying? You know, contrary to what you may think, Pastor Larissa and Pastor Sergio don't know everything about what the church is going on in the church. So Jesus is saying, you know, what do people say? Now, yes, he's God, and so he knows what people are thinking, but he's giving them the opportunity. What are people saying? We need to know. What are people saying? Oh, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist. Come back from the dead. What, some say this. Some say that. Uh, okay, now Jesus gets down to the crux. Who do you say that I am? Is my message getting through? Am I beginning to change the paradigm of what you are thinking? And what does Peter respond? Matthew chapter 16, beginning with verse 15. But he, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Verse 16. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Who do you say? Oh, Peter. He's the first one with the answer. Maybe the others knew the correct answer, but they kept their mouth shut. Or Peter spoke first. We don't know, but the, oh, Peter is the only one that's mentioned as saying this. And Jesus commends Peter... Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You didn't just come up with that. My Father in heaven has revealed to you. 
You are the son of the living God. Now I have a couple questions for you. Did Peter understand everything that he said when he said it? Yes or no? Okay, only half of you are awake. Did Peter understand the mission of Jesus when he said it? Yes or no? More of you are waking up. Did Peter fully grasp the mission of Christ? Yes or no? Was God using Peter at this moment? Yes or no? So God was using Peter even though Peter had his theology wrong. Just saying. Just saying. God was using Peter even though Peter didn't have all the right answers. God was using Peter even though he didn't have everything lined up. If God can use Peter, he can use you. Okay? We got that clear? There are maybe times in our life that we may not fully comprehend everything. But thank God he can still use us anyway. Notice. Verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and raised on the third day. Up until this point, Jesus had not shared with the disciples that he was going to be suffering from the priests, the rulers, be killed and resurrected. After, after Peter has been used of God, after Peter has been a spokesman for God, after Peter has declared what he didn't know, but declared that you are the son of the living God, at that point, Jesus begins to share with the disciples that he's got to go to Jerusalem, he's going to be betrayed, he's going to be crucified, he's going to die, and he's going to rise again. Verse 22. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Hold it. Isn't this the same Peter who just moments before has said, God, Jesus, you are the Son of God. And now, Peter is taking Jesus aside, and he's saying, Lord, Lord, no, no, no. That's not the way you're supposed to do it. 
No, Lord, that's not the way it's done. You don't have to do it that way. It's this way. I'm glad we never do that with God. I'm, I'm glad we have surpassed the religiosity of Peter and that we never go to God and say, Lord, this is what we want you to do. Or we never question why he's doing things his way and not our way. But I want you to understand, Peter has just declared you're God and now Peter is telling God he doesn't know what he's doing. Verse 23. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. You are not mindful of things of God, but things of men. Just a few verses before, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Get thee behind me, Satan! Now, was Jesus calling Peter Satan? Or are you not quite sure on that? No, he was not calling Peter Satan. He did not think Peter was Satan. He was talking to Satan who was using Peter. Oh, oh, oh. yes. God had used Peter, and then Peter had suddenly now was being used of the other power. Do you ever in your life Find yourself on a mountaintop with God and then there's a swift toboggan ride down the hill and we find ourselves falling flat on our face. Okay, I didn't expect a verbal answer, but I'm hoping you're at least thinking about it in your mind. You see, Peter the issue in Peter's life is that Peter began to trust in his own ability. He began to trust in the, in the direction that he knew God wanted to go. He trusted in himself rather than relying upon the connection. Is that you, Lord, out there on the sea? Yes, it is. If it's you, have me come out there. Come on out, Peter. Did, was God working in Peter's life as he's walking on the water? 
Absolutely. Any of you walked on water besides in the wintertime? Or skis? But what happened to Peter as he's walking on the water? Hey, this isn't so bad. And he looks in pride in his heart, looks back at the boat, and bloop, Lord, save me. On again, off again. On again, off again. Did Peter mean it there in the upper room that Thursday night? Lord, all the others may forsake you, but I will never forsake you. Yes, he absolutely meant it. And Jesus said, Satan has desired you, but I have prayed for you. When you are converted, strengthen your brethren. Peter, 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 you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows twice? No, no, Lord. I'll show you. And when the high priest servant comes, he whips out his sword, and he's going to make sure that no one's going to hurt his master. On again, off again. On again, off again. Peter, Peter, you've got to learn one thing. I am the vine. You are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. many times do we live our life like Peter? We mean to commit our lives to God. We mean to serve Him. We intend to keep our promises, but we are as self-sufficient as Peter, and we say, we got this, Lord. Go work with Mr. Smith. Go work with Mrs. Brown. And if your name is Smith or Brown, I did not mean that for you, unless the shoe fits. In our everyday life, how often in our life do we say to the Lord, okay, I've got this. I can do this. You go work with somebody else. You know, I want you to think about something. Jesus was the creator of the world, of the universe. We are told nothing that was made was made without him. That's the universe, not just our world, not just our solar system. Nothing was made that was made without him. But yet as this supreme being is here on earth, he's daily going to his father in prayer.
He's daily connecting with the other side. Here he's God. But he has he willingly limits himself to the same power, the same energy, the same source of strength that you and I can have. And he's daily going before the Father. I can't make it today without a connection with the Father. I can't make it today, Lord, Father, without you. I and my Father are one, but we have to maintain that. And he's daily going to the Father. Now, I'm going to ask some questions, and please do not answer out loud. What message, big, broad message, does it say when we go about our lives without a daily vital connection with the Father? You know, up in heaven, Satan said he could do things better than Jesus. Satan said, I am more powerful. My way is better. I am stronger. I have the right way. This is the way to do it. Jesus gave to us an example of how we can have that vital connection. And his last illustration is, without me, you can do nada. That's nothing. But yet, what message does it send when we're so busy doing God's work that we fail to have time with God? What message does it send to the universe? What message does it send to the powers that we wrestle against, the principalities and Spirits in high places and low places. If Jesus, the creator of the universe, felt a need in the battle that he was in, that he had to have a vital connection with the Father. But I don't. Am I not saying I'm more powerful than Jesus? If he needed it, but I don't need it. Am I not saying I'm more spiritually connected than Jesus? If he needed it, but I can let it go for a day or two. Am I not saying I got this? You don't need to do it that way. My way is better. Maybe Jesus needs to say to us what he said to Peter. Get thee behind me. 
save him. You see, Jesus, Jesus' words are, are very clear. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Is it possible? that there may be a little bit of Peter in all of us. In the quiet, in the stillness, I know that you are God. In the secret of your presence, I know that I am restored. When you call, I won't refuse. Each new day again, I'll choose. There is no one else for me, none but Jesus, crucified to set me free. Now I live to bring him praise. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me will bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. stillness I know that you are God in the secret of your presence I know there I am restored and when you
You may be seated. If I can have these two ladies come up here, please. Enjoy the day? Yes. Been pretty blessed, haven't we? Very. I tell you. Heaven is just rejoicing over and over and over. Cynthia, this one is yours. Kathy, this is yours. On behalf of the church family, We, we say we love you, we support you, we will be there with you. And that's one thing about being part of God's family. He believes in us coming together. Sometimes in the darkest, hardest times of our lives, we need each other. Get to know these women. They got some wonderful stories. They have been on a journey, as each one of you have today. And so I just want to say I'm looking forward to what the Lord has in store for you. I've asked Pastor Sergio to have a prayer of dedication and to close our service out this morning with prayer. Just before we have prayer, I just, just want to say that, you know, it's, it's never easy to make a decision for Christ. But it is even much more humbling when you're older and you think you've got it all together and you had done it once before, but now you're doing it again. I am so proud of both of you very, very much. And I, yeah, I think, I think God deserves a nice applause for your awesome dedication. Thank you so much. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, I thank you so, so very much for Cynthia and for Kathy, Lord. I thank you for their dedication to you, their willingness to not just be pew warmers, but Lord, actually do stuff and, 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 and be the hands and feet of your kingdom so that we can finish this work. I pray, Father, that your spirit would work through them, that as they shine for you, Lord, that you would shine through them. I thank you so much for every single person that is in this sanctuary right now. I pray that you would bless each and every one of us and our families. May the memory of this baptism and the words of this sermon ring in our ears for many, many hours and days ahead, Lord, that we may find the desire within us to stay connected to you always. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a wonderful Sabbath. Uh, we will see you next week. We'd love to see some of you guys come back this afternoon, 4.30 for Mosaic, our young adult uh, ministry. But it is for everybody, as you know. So please come and join us. We'll see you then. God bless. Have a wonderful, wonderful Sabbath.